So Elizabeth and I have prepared something a little special for the beginning of this episode because of the movie that we are recapping today, which is The Other Woman. And I think this movie came out in 2014, I want to say. Yes. But um, it's a it's it's not really a rom-com. It's like female revenge comedy comedy more so, I'd say. Um, but we thought this would be a really good pick for our idea that we had, which was like a few episodes ago, we, we both had said we should take a shot before we do the podcast. So because they drink a lot in this movie, we felt like it would make sense. You know, there's a scene where Cameron Diaz goes tequila or vodka. We do not have tequila or vodka, (laughs) (laughs) but we do have liquor. So still counts. Oh, same. Um, I have poured myself some uh, Captain Morgan's spiced rum. Nice. I haven't poured it yet. Uh, oh, hi, doggies. My dogs got super excited about yeah. the rum. <laughs> well, you have you have three dogs right now. So um, yeah. wild turkey. Um, this is a classic in my house. A good family friend um, turned mm. us on to this and would bring it um, like every holiday. And even when we were not of age, the kids, we would, he would pour us a shot. Uh, he unfortunately, yeah. um, passed in 2020. Um, oh, so we always like think of him when we drink this. So that's what mm. I'm going to pour. And I have it in a okay. shot. I, I have a story for everything. Um, oh, I this, love your stories <laughs> is a shot glass from what's it called Ooh. Young's Jersey dairy, which is, uh, in yellow Springs, Ohio which is a nice little getaway hippie town. Dave Chappelle lives there. Fun fact. Yeah. I also have a shot glass. I think I got this as a souvenir from my husband's parents, but it says Sturgis on it. It's a motorcycle rally and they got me a little souvenir from it. So it's really the only uh, shot glass I had available (laughs) and it came in handy. Nice. I usually sip on this, so. Are we going to just down whiskey. it? Well, isn't that a shot? That's a shot, man. You call yeah, it for yeah. shots. Yeah. Okay. So on okay. after three, I'll do a count of three. One. <laughs> so much pressure. Two, three. Cheers. Ooh. <sighs> Went down Ooh. the wrong way. That's okay. Oh, wait. The yep. Spice, the spice rum went down pretty smooth and then it kicks you. <laughs> When it gets to your chest. Mine just went down like uh, places I don't think it's supposed to go. In cavities Mm. and crevices. Everywhere. I do also have a glass of wine. Yeah. Tell me how that is chasing a shot with wine. (laughs) Mm. Mm. (laughs) Yum. I bet. It's actually really good. It's a, a sweet red wine from Huber's. So little winery around where we live. Okay. So I guess we'll get into what we're going to talk about for this episode. It's, you know, a guilty pleasure movie if there ever was one for me. So I'm really excited to kind of just gush over this movie. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about just the relationship between the characters, specifically Leslie Mann and Cameron Diaz and what they bring to this movie as far as comedy goes and then we're also going to dive into literally a lot of scenes because there's really nothing much else to talk about when it comes to movies like this and the also my oh wait I will I will save my favorite scene 
for, for when we get into this, but there's a scene that I love. I could watch it on repeat every single time. We will talk about that too. And then we will also share our why the flick moments. So enjoy. So Claire, why in the flick did you choose this movie? (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's, um, long past Valentine's day by the time this episode comes out, but it's still going to come out within the month of February. So I thought it would be a good time as any to put a, well, it's not really a rom-com now that I've, um, delved into it more, but at the time I was like, let's do a rom-com. And I picked this movie, the other woman, I wanted it to put it on the schedule and, while I have a lot of guilty pleasure movies, I'd say this one is definitely one of my favorites. It falls, I think now that I watched it, and analyzed it a little bit, it falls more into like the female revenge category. But I think this is just a movie you can watch with your girl besties on Valentine's Day even and have a good time. Is it your guiltiest guilty pleasure? I don't think so oh because I don't think it's (laughs) I don't think it's that bad to be that guilty (laughs) all right (laughs) I'd have to think about what's my real guilty pleasure I yeah I want to know your your guiltier (laughs) I'll have to I'll have to think on that okay I had never seen this before um I actually was mixing it up I think with another Cameron Diaz movie like mm. from the early 2000s. I still don't know which one, but anyway, um, had never seen it, didn't know much about it. It's it's a movie. <laughs> um, it, it exists. <laughs> it exists. Um, I, so for me, and I know we'll talk more about this, um, to me, Leslie Mann was the bright spot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she got to really show her chops if you hadn't already seen them. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, I didn't love it. I just, I okay. thought it, um, I thought it tried too hard to be funny. I thought it tried to be too many different mm. things. Um, and, and we'll get into all of that. Yeah. Well, so this came out in 2014 and I don't remember when I first watched it, but I remember, I do remember watching it and feeling very delightful. And I think <laughs> anytime like this movie is, is on TV I just, I, I turned it on and watch it. I watched this movie twice before we recorded. Cause I was like, I'm just going to watch it again for funsies. And it's such a feel good movie to me. And I think that's in large part due to the chemistry between Leslie Mann and Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz is like the queen of, of rom-coms. And I do like her in this role particularly, but Leslie Mann stands out for me above and beyond I think this is also a very different character for Leslie Mann because I remember her more so from like George of the Jungle or even like Knocked Up where she kind of plays this more no-nonsense typecast kind of character but in this movie she feels weirdly relatable and just like just I don't know and very endearing I think um and as uh, I mentioned when we you know introed into this episode 
they do think they save the best scene for last. And we're definitely going to talk about that. So all I'll say is comedy is subjective, like the Joker said, and you can, you know, enjoy it if you, if you feel so inclined or not, you know, it's not for everyone. I get that totally. Yeah. 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 You're like, yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> like, that's me. I'm one of them. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So I wrote my own description for this, this Ooh. movie. It's very brief and it's really corny which I felt like was appropriate for it, for the, the movie itself, but it is about three women. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Restarting that over. My verb tenses didn't line up. Okay. Three women, three women become the most unlikely of friends when they discover they have the same thing in common. They're man. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty much it. I will say in general, I, I like the premise like the idea of uh women who are all dating the same man becoming unlikely friends Mm -hmm. I do in general like the idea okay (laughs) I'm gonna try to be kind (laughs) I'm trying to be positive (laughs) just like just like with the bangles I'm really I'm trying to be polite but honest (sighs) it's okay it's okay you you can be honest um and I'm sure you will as we progress but so this movie is directed by Nick Cassavetes and his Cassavetes. Thank you. I was reading it like cassette. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his other credits though, include the notebook. So I, which I did not realize when I was looking through his IMDb. It is wild to me that the same <laughs> <Wild>. man, <laughs> the same man who directed the notebook directed this movie. It's just, I can't yeah. make that match in my head that's just crazy yeah he also did my sister's keeper and john q and then it, he had also starred in a couple movies like the hangover part two and the, the astronaut's wife which is a very old johnny depp movie yeah um that's pretty wild that's a throwback that on our watch yeah for sure and i still can't picture who he is exactly and then we also have the primary writer who wrote the screenplay for this movie and her name is Melissa K Stack. She also did the screenplay for Godmothered, which I did watch and it was okay. What was that? Godmothered, it was about a fairy godmother who the girl she was supposed to be the fairy godmother for grew, grows up into adulthood and so she's still trying to be her fairy godmother. I don't, it's been a very long okay. time since yeah, I've seen I don't, this movie. I, I don't think I can even picture I it. I'll say it's on either Netflix or Prime, I want to say, if okay. it's still on there. But yeah, it was, it was all right. Yeah. She doesn't have as, she doesn't have a lot of writing credits. Um, and I think that this one is obviously one I recognize the most. And then The Godmothered was, was second. Um, and then we also have our main cast of characters. So you've got Leslie Mann, Cameron Diaz, and Kate Upton as our three women in this movie uh, or three main women in this movie and this is one of Kate Upton's first acting roles she's I think before this she was supermodel she still probably is still a well I don't know if supermodel is right probably I would say because she's been in Sports Illustrated Vogue and Vanity Fair and then we also have I'm going to try to say this right Nikolai Coaster Waldo. 
Costa or Waldo? I actually have no idea. And I didn't look, I know it's pretty confident it's Nikolai. Yeah. um, Yeah. Jamie Lannister. (laughs) Yes. From Game of Thrones. I have to say, I watched this movie before I watched Game of Thrones. So when I went into Game of Thrones, I already hated him. But then Mm. I had really mixed feelings at the end, by the end of Game of Thrones. Because I was like, damn it, they're making me like him. So... Yeah, I'll take even like pre-finale Jamie Lannister over Mark. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait. Okay. So you're saying that <laughs> Mark is worse than Jamie Lannister. Than an incestual, <laughs> uh, greedy soldier. Murderer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, I think that's fair. That's fair. And I'm pro- I think I'm basing it more on the performance uh so you well I mean he obviously performs way better in Game of Thrones than I think this movie but as a character I just think it's funny to um say Jamie Lannister's better than Mark yeah (laughs) this is where we've set the bar for this this man (laughs) exactly (laughs) okay so we also have Nicki Minaj who is in this movie it's I think her first acting role playing a character um and yeah, it was kind of like, oh, it's weird to see Nicki Minaj after all of all yeah. of what's been happening. Yeah, it, it's hard to remember like where she was in 2014 and kind of like how you know famous and successful she was at that point. I don't remember. Um, and it is it's a little jarring because she she looks very much like Nicki Minaj. She sounds like Nicki Minaj. But I will say, I think she killed it. Like I thought oh, yeah. she had you know. The, the charm and presence and everything. And I thought she, even, you know, just that small role. I thought she did really well. Yeah. She has one of my favorite quotes, which was selfish people live longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Meh. <laughs> fair. Um, sure. I think so in 2014 before, like maybe a year or two before this movie came out, she must have been an a judge on American Idol or she was affiliated with American Idol because Nick Cassavetes saw her on the show and thought she would be perfect for this role. Oh, okay. So Interesting. That's how I think that's how she she kind of got her role in this movie. And then we also have not one, but two TV stars joining our cast list. So there's Don Johnson who is on or was on, I don't think he's on, no, if he's on anything anymore, but Miami Vice and Nash Bridges, and he plays Carly's dad. And then there's Taylor Kinney from Chicago Fire, who plays Kate's brother, Phil. Um, and then I just want to give a special shout out to the soundtrack because, and I don't know why I feel like in the last few episodes of our podcast, I've been very much like, I love the soundtrack. Give me the soundtrack on my Spotify playlist. But this one in particular, I really enjoyed. I hated it. <laughs> so sorry. Okay. <laughs> and like, I very, like, I very specifically hated it. Like it jumped out at me. Um, so mm-hmm. it starts with a Sunday, the movie opens with a Sunday kind of love by Etta James. Loved it. And I was like, oh, I like mm-hmm. this vibe great great song but then it was just downhill from there i want to read this uh quote from richard roper who full disclosure tears this movie apart so he's obviously not a fan um but on the music um i think he just articulated it well 
He says it was some of the most obvious and tired musical choices in recent memory. The theme from Mission Impossible during a supposedly comedic spy sequence, New York, New York, as a hotshot character wheels his $300,000 sports car through the streets of Manhattan. Love is a battlefield because love is, you know, a battlefield. Come on. Are we making this movie? (laughs) Are we making this movie for people who have never seen movies? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which i think that kind of sums up i feel personally attacked <laughs> yeah look i mean like individually they're good songs mm-hmm. um but they're they are there's such like obvious choices and just so oh, you're, you're telling me you didn't like the mission impossible theme song <laughs> hated it i was like what fucking movie am i watching okay yeah i get it like at the end especially they kind of like slap song after song after song after song and that i do have a criticism in that regard it's just like it gets to to be too much yeah Um, the songs as themselves by themselves i enjoy how they use them is a little questionable and i think you could say we'll get into it but i think you could say the same thing about other elements in this movie it's almost like they just like threw a bunch of stuff at the wall to see like what would stick um and but yeah we'll we'll get back to that anyway I will say I liked that ran that rendition of love is a battlefield which is was by raining raining Jane I think is what I wrote down um it just isn't a rendition rendition no I can't say that word um the rum's kicking it (laughs) 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 <laughs> um I don't know um anyway cut this out <laughs> I can't talk I just want to say that I just want to say I liked that rendition fuck of this of the song um moving on the last thing I want to add is that this movie apparently received originally an R rating from the MPAA and then the cast had to petition to get it changed to PG-13. On IMDb trivia the reason was from that site was that they had used the word vagina which I was like that doesn't seem like a reason to rate it R. Um, So I I don't know how factually accurate that is. Like would they do the same for penis? Right. Does that, does that make it a rated R movie? That's insane. So in cast interviews, they they didn't know the reason why. They just knew they were able to get it overturned. Because in PG-13 movies, you can have one fuck, one F word, um, which they use when Carly's saying, if Edith Piaf rises out of the grave and you have a threesome, I don't fucking care. Um but yeah, I don't know. Why I wonder. This an R. I'm curious too why they wanted to petition to keep it PG-13. Like why that was important. I don't really know the like in general. I guess the for, reason for that for audience appeal, probably just like to reach a wider audience. Yeah. Probably the same reason why a lot of horror movies try to go for an R rating versus um and and what is it an NC 17 or NC- yeah yeah oh, yeah. So I imagine like it just would it would be more audience appeal than anything. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like an R-rated movie anyway. No. Oh, there go the doggies. <laughs> we will be right back. So before we talk about the specific scenes, there are a few things I want to kind of cover, particularly about this movie not really necessarily being a rom-com 
to me. And I think if anything, it falls, like I said, into more of the female revenge comedy category. It's very much in line with movies like The First Wives Club. I think it's very reminiscent of that. Obviously, there's nothing that compares to The First Wives Club, um, but I think it's still within that same kind of scope. And a lot of times with with rom-coms where the writing credit is a man, I feel like it's pretty obvious that the woman's role was written by a man or just someone who doesn't understand a woman at all. And oftentimes in those storylines, you have women fighting each other over the same man. But in this movie, what I felt was refreshing was that since it's written by a woman, um, it's less about the women fighting over the same man and more about the sisterhood that they create together. Um, There was an interview between the cast members that I read and Cameron Diaz had said that they didn't want this to be a story about revenge. It was about the commonality of these three women being with the same man and using that as a catalyst for them coming together and forming this friendship and to show how women can support one another. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think while they're not like fighting over the same man, it, the whole movie is centered around a man, which, okay, maybe that's the story that's going to happen. And maybe if other things I think were done better then maybe it would have worked, for example, like just the characters themselves. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, they felt like caricatures to me or stereotypes to me. So you have, you know, the young dumb blonde with big boobs who like looks out mm-hmm. the binoculars the wrong way. Um, you have the manic scorned wife. Who's always breaking down. You have the high powered, bitter attorney who somehow has to go to daddy for legal advice, even though she's a high powered attorney. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the movie is all centered around a man. Um, one review that I'll have a link to in the description, um, pointed out that with Carly and her assistant played by Nicki Minaj, every single exchange they have is about a man. It's either about Mm. Kate's brother, Mark, or I think even her, uh, Carly's dad, which I think is kind of a microcosm for the rest of the movie. I don't know that there's any exchange that's not about, um, a man. So it doesn't even like work in that way for me as a like mm. kind of female empowerment thing. Um, but again, like in general, I like the idea of these women being friends and I did really yeah. like, um, Leslie and Cameron Diaz in particular. And the fact that they were so, they were very different women. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's definitely a fair thing to say that every conversation that they're having is centered around a man. And I think that's just because of the nature of the movie. And for us as the audience, like we're meant to hate this guy. And this is, this, this is the guy who has caused all this pain and all of these women. And so it's natural. I think that they themselves would talk about it a lot, but I get what you're saying. Um, I think that what really stuck to me watching back was this exchange between Kate and Carly when they're at Carly's apartment and um, Kate keeps saying, I didn't think I would have to compete against women like you, even though I've been competing against women like you, apparently. 
and Kate's or I'm sorry. And Carly says, we're not in competition. We've got played by the same guy. I call it a tie. And I feel like that was more so the message of like coming together versus they could have gone in a whole other different direction with having all of them fight, you know, over him. And I think, you know, is it perfect? No, not by any means. Is it silly? Yes. 100%. I can recognize this is a very silly movie, but I think I loved it because I can kind of relate to, I mean, I can relate to having a girlfriend when you need her most and oftentimes finding that your girlfriends are your sisters and you form this bond between them. So that's kind of the takeaway, I guess I, I had from it. Claire, I love you friend. (laughs) It's not, it's not the whiskey talking when you, um, when you you started saying I can relate, I was like, what did Jacob do? (laughs) Oh no, 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 no. I more so mean just the, the, the fact of being able to relate to having a a girlfriend to, you know, talk to and hang out with. Yeah. And lift you up and support one another. I think that's important. Absolutely. Here's, here's all the girlfriends. Um, so I think the other aspect of which I think we, we might be on the same page, but we might also have just different takes on it at the same time is the comedy aspect. And I think that, you know, whether you think this is a female revenge, you know, comment or movie, or, um, it's a movie about sisterhood. I think it's, it, it is comedic. It may not be everybody's type of comedy, but there are fun, some funny moments, right? I'm not like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Here, I'll, I'll try to okay. like quickly give you my take. Um, okay. I think this episode is going to be about us finding common ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> there are definitely like LOL moments if, if they fit in the movie. So mm-hmm. like I was saying before, this is another instance where I think in terms of different comedic styles and moments, they just like threw everything at a wall to see what yeah. would stick. So like one that comes to mind is when they meet at a bar and have drinks and Kate gets shit faced and Carly has to like drag her out and physically put her into the cab. It is like premium physical comedy, but it just mm-hmm. didn't fit. It it very much felt like we just want to be funny right here. So we're just going to make something really big and physical. Uh, I like, I would like to go back and watch, um, bridesmaids, which I think this movie was Mm. kind of trying to, to be comedically, um, because in that movie they have, um, like quote unquote bathroom humor, they have physical humor and they have kind of different styles. I think it's very successfully weaves that all in. In this movie, you also have a lot of physical comedy. You have that like bathroom humor that I could have done, literal bathroom humor that I could have um, done without. Um, and, you know, some other things and styles going on. And, but it just, it didn't come together. Okay, let me tell you this. The physical comedy in this movie was not scripted. Oh, interesting. It was not originally planned. I mean, at least from the cast interview that I read, um, it's something that Leslie Mann and Cameron Diaz found while they were working on set. And I think you see it in particular when that scene, when Carly is trying to get Kate into the limo or when they tackle each other on the beach or when 
well, I don't know if this is the case, but when Kate pushes Carly out the window of her house, but in that interview, they talked about how Cameron Diaz has a really long, a really long torso, um, or I'm sorry, she has really long legs, but a short torso. And Leslie Mann has a really long torso, but short legs. And so using that, they were able to like get into these positions where essentially Leslie Mann would just stick to Cameron Diaz and Cameron Diaz would like writhe trying to get her (laughs) off of her. Um, So that's something they kind of brought to the table. That's interesting. And I can see as a director, um, and in the editing bay, you have something like that that was unscripted and improvised and it's on its own fucking hilarious. It would be hard to cut and hard to not include that. Yeah. So I can I can understand. So it makes uh, it a little impulse. bit. Yeah, a little bit better. <laughs> um, I think they leaned in, like physical comedy is not necessarily like my thing. Like when I think of physical comedy, I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld recently and Kramer comes to mind. Like that's yeah. like- he does such a good job at physical comedy that I'm at that point, I'm like, that's funny to me, but in a general sense, I'm not a huge fan of physical comedy. I just, it's like kind of like, I kind of can get over it and just hit to watch the rest of like the banter that they have. Yeah. I think it's just, I think it's just hard to pull off. Um, I think when it's, when it's done right. Um, I like it a lot. The other thing I wanted to say about the comedy is even though I think Leslie Mann shines, there are several moments where the comedy relies on her having like a mental breakdown, which she is so good at that. She is so good at breaking down and making it funny. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it just like kind of relies on it a little bit too much. Yeah. There were some other like reviews I read where it said like Leslie Mann can, can be a lot at times, but which I, I can understand to an extent, but at the same time, I just love her so much. Yeah. She's, she's so great good in this role. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of character development too that happens with the, I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is, but of what does happen on screen, I think the most character development happens between Kate and Carly's characters. And I think the reason you may have mentioned this, the reason that they're so funny together is that because they are so opposite and even Mm -hmm. how they dress, like Kate is very Uh, colorful where Carly is very monochromatic so starting with Kate she is this like kind of Stepford wife role Mark is very much in control of her life we know she had a job but she quit for him she also put off having kids because he wasn't ready and she pretty much put her whole self into his life and success so that when she finds out he's cheating her whole world comes crashing down and she's having an identity crisis. And I think the other thing I like about her character is that they don't make her clueless. Like I feel she was, even though she's like having a lot of emotions, which obviously she should as the character that she is, um, everything that she's going through, I feel like she's still smart enough not to confront Mark head on in the beginning about this like she goes to Carly first so she had a sense at least to not bring this to Mark's attention originally yeah well I mean I think if 
you caught your husband cheating and you did confront them immediately more power to you fuck yeah um yeah well yeah. yeah I agree I don't yeah I didn't think she was like dumb I think she she wanted it to not be true and she wanted yeah. um I think she kind of wanted someone to tell her like it's okay you can make it work you can work through this um but yeah I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't think she was you know clueless like you said no. And I think she was very clever. You know, she, w- she knew how to play it off with Mark. Like she didn't know that anything was going on, but still keep her cool. Even though I feel like when we see her with Carly, she's breaking down a lot. I feel like she was able to still present like this, like not facade, but just like pretend essentially to Mark yeah. because um, of what happens later on in the movie but yeah she's through yeah sorry I was just gonna say she's like thoughtful and calculated and I don't mean calculated in like a a bad way but right and I think during the whole like rest of the movie we really see her find herself and she's not this you know meek uncertain person at all but she definitely takes ownership of her life and becomes a more confident person because of how she interacts with Carly and Carly being you know on the other opposite end I think of the personality type but she she's the other woman so she's this girl boss lawyer dedicated to her job she doesn't let people in very easily or show her emotions she says cry on the inside like a winner Um, and she also won't refer to her boyfriends by their name so she's had other boyfriends and she calls them like model man boy or doctor not so smart. And I think she's really seen her dad go through like eight divorces or something crazy. So she probably is jaded, I think, from that because she's seen it not work so many times. Yeah. Um, I think Carly, so aside from the, the idea that she has to get legal advice from her dad, which I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, um, I really like Carly and I like that this character like knows who she is mm-hmm. and is very like good and comfortable and confident with who she is. And Cameron Diaz, who I think is probably like that as a person or just, you know, exudes that really well on screen. Um, she just played it really well. So that was, I think that was like my favorite part of the, you know, kind of character story. Yeah. Because for her character, she gives, and she even says, she gives a lot of tough love. She, every time Kate falls for Mark again, Carly kind of shoots her straight. And she admits to herself too, that she might be harsh about it, but it really comes from a place of caring for her friend. And then she always apologizes after the fact. But I feel like by the end, because these two people have befriended one another, they like get a little bit of each other. So Kate gets a little bit of Carly and Carly gets a little bit of Kate at the end. Um, and then the one that's left is Amber. <laughs> oh, which Poor Amber. <laughs> then we have Amber, who is really a third wheel here. I think this is definitely like my biggest criticism of the, of the movie is that this is really more about Kate and Carly's journey. And Amber kind of seems to be there to, I don't know even things out, make it a trio, be the quote unquote hot one. But I think it yeah. would have worked a lot better if Kate and Carly were just themselves. Yeah, really I, either of them, uh, Cameron Diaz or Leslie Mann, the fact that they're like gawking over, and I know she's a literal supermodel yeah. and that, holy shit, like she's supposed to be this like contrast 
to two already stunning women. Right. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, obviously Amber is like way underdeveloped. Um, and I mean, she didn't like ruin any scene for me, but didn't really add mm-hmm. much to anything either. It did, honestly didn't bother me that much. Um, yeah, because it, it is really about, uh, Carly and Kate and especially because Amber doesn't come in until, you know, the second half of the movie. Um, yeah. I, I was, I don't know. I was okay with that kind of being thrown in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it, to me, when I was watching it, especially like I many, as many times as I've watched it, I've always been like, I really like Kate Upton. I think she did a really good job mm-hmm. with the role. Um, it just felt like it, it was bit def- It was obvious that it's way more focused on Kate and Carly than it was Amber. And I think it was hard to also give Amber any character development when she's introduced in like half the, not to like the movie's halfway over essentially. Right, right. So. I, I'm sure it was great for marketing though. Like oh, you yeah. already have Leslie Mann, Cameron Diaz, Nicki Minaj, Kate yeah. Upton. Kate yeah. Nick- Nikolai, which speaking yeah. of Nikolai, let's talk about Mark because Mark fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to talk shit about Mark. A yeah. one, because, okay, not only does he cheat with literally any woman that he seems to meet, he's a very pathological cheater. They don't know how many affairs he's had. And I think like at one point he even told Amber that Kate was the one who cheated on him and oh, yeah. twisted the story on her, which was like, oh, I really understood Leslie Mann's frustration in that scene. But not only that, which in of in itself is already bad. The other thing that he does is he is stealing money from his boss or investor, Nick, um, wait, Nick, 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 that's his name. Yeah. And then using Kate to take the fall if anybody ever finds out. And I think that's what makes this movie a little bit different for me too, is that it goes so beyond the cheating. Right. Like he's just a total piece of shit. And by the way, like this stuff happens. Yeah. People do. I'm oh, yeah. sure women have done it too. I'm sure. <laughs> but- oh yeah. I mean, if you listen to true crime, you know that like, yeah, men just or like, women will yeah. do this kind of thing. And using their spouses to, you know, forging their signatures, putting, you know, secret businesses under their names and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so fucked up. I mean, so, so Mark develops startups and, um, there's one thing in particular, or there's one, I'm sorry, startup in particular that he is saying is quote unquote failing, but really he's losing, AKA stealing. I'm using a lot of air quotes because you can't, <laughs> you can't, listeners can't see, um, he's stealing the investment money and then putting it into blind offshore filings in the, in the Bahamas. And then, so he made Kate, the CEO of not even just like uh, service circuit, but apparently several other companies, he made her the CEO so that if anyone ever found out, she would be the one to go to jail and not him, which then you realize, Oh, this is why he keeps her around. I mean, yeah, I that's true. Yeah. Most cases why he wants a wife that's I hadn't really thought about in that way but that yeah that totally makes sense that it's just like a practical thing for him Mm -hmm. to to be I mean it sucks also at the same time 
this should be a reminder. Do not sign things that you can't read or don't understand. Like, did, did she say that she did that, that she would just sign stuff? She, she in the beginning. So he gives her a piece of paper. It's like when they first, you first see them in the scene together. He's like, I, I need you to sign this for the accountant. And she's reading it. And she's like, I don't even know what this means anymore. And he says, that's why you have me to understand it. And then <sighs> she goes, I need to go to brain camp. That's when the brain camp thing comes up. But yeah, I did not catch the brain camp thing. Um, <laughs> you didn't catch a brain camp. No, oh my gosh. Because it, it comes back at the end. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, okay. Sorry. No, I'm excited to revisit brain camp. Okay. 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 Yes. You shouldn't sign anything without knowing what it is, but like, you should also be able to trust your spouse. True. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So yeah. that sucks. And, and legal jargon sucks. I mean, I have to read contracts. It is, I think it's an art to be able to For speak sure. and write in legalese. So I definitely understand. I just think like something in there, like even scanning something, like something has to click to be like, yeah. okay. But yeah, yeah, definitely it wasn't her fault. She trusted Mark and Mark's a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, Can I? And the other thing. Oh, oh sorry. On. Yeah. No, go, go on. Oh, nope. I was just, I was going to say the other shitty thing is that he steals all of her ideas and profits off of them. Um, Cause he, she does have good ideas yep. and then he steals them from her, but you go ahead. No, I just wanted to share my, my mystery story for yes. you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, for I mean, I hope it's a surprise. Um, you may already know about this, but I think it'll be good to talk about anyway. Um, so this is a story of a real life, the other woman scenario. So there are three women in this story, Becca, Abby, and Morgan. Wait, Mor I'm sorry. This is based on a real thing or this is real. This is, this story is real that I'm telling about to tell. Okay. Okay. So you have Becca, Abby, and Morgan. Morgan discovers through social media that her boyfriend is cheating. She reaches out to the other woman. They connect, they keep digging and they discover another woman named Abby. According to CNN, the three of them ended up on a six hour FaceTime call. In the middle of which Morgan hears a knock on her door. She looks outside and it's their cheating boyfriend standing outside the door with flowers. So the three of them end up dumping him together uh, on the FaceTime call. Like she opens, she answers the door and he's like, Hey, how are you? And she's like, I had this awesome day. I met these new friends. And she turns her phone around or her computer, <laughs> whatever she had. And so they all dump him. So they end up discovering a total of six women, including themselves and including Becca. So again, Becca, Abby, and Morgan, the fourth woman just kind of dips out of the story. Mm -hmm. um, so again, according to CNN, within days, heartbreak turned into healing as the mm -hmm. three women quickly became friends. It didn't take long for them to realize they all had the same dream, buying a bus and exploring the country. So these Aww. three women bought a bus. This was uh, like last summer, um, bought a bus, renovated the bus into like a home on wheels and they have been traveling the country ever since. Oh my um, God. It's called the BAM bus. You can follow them on Instagram and TikTok at the.bam.bus. BAM is for their initials, Becca, Abby, and Morgan. Um, I've been, oh, I yeah, love that. Right. I've been following them for a while. I, I don't know if I just heard, you know, saw the story um, when it first came out, but it's, it's so beautiful. And like the three of them seem like, such like just beautiful, sweet, kind souls. And they're mm -hmm. like 18, 19, 20. So they're super young and 
they now have like this, like this, you know, potentially lifelong bond and friendship. And it's awesome. And this is a story I want to (laughs) see, um, uh, really dramatized. I mean, it could be a comedy, I guess. Um, yeah. But, and I'm, I'm sure someone has already bought the rights to their story uh, to one day oh, make it a movie. But I it's... hope Leslie Mann, Cameron Diaz, and Kate Upton come back and yeah. reunite <laughs> to play these characters. <laughs> these real people. Yeah. Um, but yeah amazing. I'll, I'll have the link in the description and there are a ton of articles about it. And if you need some like good, heartwarming female empowerment stuff, like it's an awesome story. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell Absolutely. yeah. I'm so glad you didn't know about it. I feel it sounds like teeny bit familiar, but I thought you were going to tell me something like you met Cameron Diaz in real life at some point, which would have been not as cool as this story. No, I did not. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Okay. So we'll shift gears, talk about some of these scenes. I think that's, you know, not much else you can talk about when it comes to, to this movie. So we can deep dive everything that happens, but so we have the opening scene and the first thing to happen is we see Carly and Mark hooking up in a hotel room. So it really focuses more on Carly and Mark's relationship in the first like few minutes of the movie. And which I have to say, Cameron Diaz looks amazing in that dress. She was mm. hot. <laughs> she was so good. Yeah, she's stunning. And so, you know, they're, they're really making Mark out to be the perfect guy, quote unquote. There's like a montage of Carly and Mark dating. He's bringing her flowers, taking her out to dinner. They're taking selfies in the park, which I know you have another little story about <laughs> that little part. story. Okay. This is my <laughs> story. Um, so yes. And Thomas Payne Park, um, if we're talking about the, the same shot, Um, as soon as I saw, I was like, oh yeah, I've, I have a a story about this place. Um, so I actually always remembered it as city hall park, which is like a stone's throw away. Um, but it's actually Thomas Payne park, which I cleared up for myself. Uh, so when I was living in New York, uh, one summer, I was a teaching assistant at the New York film Academy. So they had like a summer program for, I don't know, I guess like, I guess high school student, middle school, high school students, mm. uh, including Bono's daughter was one oh. of the, yeah. And I, she was in my group a few times. And so as teaching cool. assistants, um, we would take groups of students out pretty much every day to different locations, kind of just in, um, lower Manhattan, mostly for them to film an assignment or a project. And so we went to that park a couple of times because it was pretty close to where the film Academy was based. Um, including once with, um, Bono's daughter. I think she was studying like film acting, um, at mm-hmm. the Academy anyway. So I have all these, uh, st- young students. I was very young myself. Uh, don't know why someone put me in charge of them. <laughs> um, and we're at this, you know, park, it's pretty as you can see in the movie. And then I look over and there is a woman behind a bench that is out in the open taking a shit, just <gasps> like no one's there. Like no one's oh watching my God. again there. She's behind the bench, but it, the bench is not cover. Like it's, you can see everything. You can and see so, everything. You can see everything. And then I have, you know, this, this group of young kids that of course like, think it's I hilarious. Your eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, please turn around, focus on the assignment. Do not point the camera at that. 
Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I saw her a second time, um, on like a different assignment with taking, taking a shit again, taking a shit again. Yeah. Yes, truly. Yeah. Oh, I was joking and you were serious. Yeah. So uh, she wasn't deterred the first time. I don't know where the good old NYPD was. (laughs) They weren't putting a stop to that. Again, I thought you were going to say you were walking through this park and you saw you, you were like Cameron Diaz? Diaz and Nikolai. <laughs> Are they filming? <laughs> Claire, I have never seen Cameron Diaz <laughs> in real life. I'm so sorry. Maybe uh, one day. Maybe. Well, dang. So anyway, there's really connecting the the poop jokes that you know happen in real life and in the movie later. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Obviously, this is not a fling. Mark is not a fling with Carly. It seems very serious. They've been together eight weeks and he's going to meet her dad. And I just want to know, what was Mark's end game with all of this? Was he thinking that she would just be his girlfriend forever? Would they get married? Like, I'm very confused. Well, maybe not married, but oh. Another a real life example is Tinder Swindler, which just you have to go watch. Oh, the doc yeah, I saw that on Netflix. Preview. It is mind-boggling what one man was able to do, how many women he manipulated, and including in one case a woman who he was with for like eighteen months while he was doing mm-hmm. all this. So yeah, I think yeah, I think Mark would do this for as long as he's getting something out of it. Yeah, I was just like, it just seemed odd. I felt like you know, you. I mean, I don't know what happens for in most cases when people cheat but it seems hard to keep the relationship going um especially with so many people that he's yeah seeing too but at the same time like I can see where you could easily get away with it I guess like nowadays like social media makes everything kind of impossible so it seems unlikely that he wouldn't get caught but yeah well I mean fucking tinder swindler took a long time Um, right I think the key is you have to have a very busy job and work long hours and you yeah. have to travel a lot. Um, yeah. That seems to be how people get away with it. Yeah. Well, then we see uh, that Mark is married to Kate and life looks very different with Kate. They have very much the married life. They talk about high cholesterol and why he should be eating turkey bacon. And they share a very disturbing story about an someone who ate an undercooked pork chop and then had to have his like skull opened up and then gone (laughs) like added to his groin I don't know what the fuck was happening there real fun stuff but um so then obviously as is want to happen Mark slips up and double books himself and so he has to cancel dinner with uh, Carly he ends up lying about a pipe burst at his house in Connecticut. He's being super evasive with Carly. They have a fight and they leave their separate ways. Then Carly's dad, who she was, they were planning to get dinner with together. Um, sh- her dad convinces her to go after him and surprise him at home. And I just want to also know how did she get his address? And yeah. 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 Well, and because he's gotten away with this for a while so mm-hmm. you, you would think he'd have to be somewhat smart about it but one the the plumbing emergency excuse was dumb 
dumb. And then why would she ever have, in particular, the address to his house with his wife? Like, how could he let her ever get that information? Yeah. 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 I mean, because they don't have, they don't have that like readily available anymore or ever. Did they? I mean, I know phone books were a thing. I mean, just addresses. Yeah. Well, so you could um, look up the county GIS map do the property search <laughs> this is she's a lawyer right so i bet she she could figure it out yeah there's that too but yeah you can i mean you can find out who owns a property um you can maybe search by name as opposed to address um and he they, did say connecticut yeah. so he kind of gave that away too that he lives in connecticut yeah yeah i mean she at least had that um yeah, yeah. there are it's actually scary how much information you can find out about people online true yeah <laughs> So, so Carly goes, she dresses as a sexy plumber to surprise him, walks up to the door and there's this like music playing in the background during this too. It's like sexy, sultry music. And she rings the doorbell, Kate answers and she goes, are you his housekeeper? And Kate goes, no, I'm his wife. And then the music like cuts, like it's dead, awkward silence and Carly's like stumbling, trying to figure out what to say. She's like, I was looking for a different Mark, Mark (laughs) Kink. And then she goes, Mark King. And she's like, no, no. And then eventually like her heel breaks, she falls into a bush and breaks an urn. And then she has to kind of hobble off down, down the driveway. Yeah. See, I thought this was a big missed opportunity uh, for Mm -hmm. comedy because Leslie Mann is basically left out of the scene. She only yeah. has a couple of lines. She like doesn't say much of anything once, you know, once the audience knows what's going on. And then we get Cameron Diaz, like her, her, her heel breaks. And then she knocks over that obscenely large, looking thing. yeah, um, <laughs> that breaks everywhere. And I think that's another example of like, they're relying on physical comedy in a moment when they should be using Leslie Mann and, and using Cameron mm. Diaz and having them really work off each other you know, have, you know, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there's, you know, give Leslie Mann a line that then takes it to another place that then takes it to another place um, yeah. and just let them, let them play. But we didn't get that. This seemed very much like the, of any scene. I think this was very the, much the least like of Kate's character that she was throughout the entire rest of the movie. Cause she was mm-hmm. very much like, just chill. like <laughs> chill. Like she was like, hmm, like, and all she did was like, are you okay? Like she didn't like have any sort of reaction really. Yeah. And I don't think it's because she's dumb. Like we've talked about, No, you know, I don't think that's supposed to be who she is. So it doesn't really make sense that she wouldn't, you know, say much there. It also didn't make sense to me, which I don't know was Mark home because Mark the whole reason he had to cancel was because he had to go out to do a thing with Kate. And so, I mean, oh, yeah. he could have, he could have like after the thing with Kate gone to his next woman or whatever, but it seemed weird yeah. to me that he wasn't there. Uh, do you remember what he was supposed to do with Kate? Or if we had to... much... Yeah, they, they, was it dinner or something? And then she was like, oh, I'll come into the city and see you instead. And that's oh, when yeah, yeah. He oh, goes, okay. No, yes. no, no, I'll cancel. So I feel like they were, they had dinner plans. Okay. Or they were supposed to go see people. I'm not sure, but he so could have like yeah. 
easily left after that. Yeah, that's a good question though. Hmm. So hmm. then um I guess we'll never know. But after that point, Kate uh goes to Carly's law firm to confront her about finding she had to find Carly's phone number and on the phone bill because she couldn't even crack the code to her husband's phone. And she realizes Carly is sleeping with her husband. And I think this is where like Leslie's Leslie Mann's comedic performance really started and began. She starts making a really big scene. She's having a panic attack. She's trying to take deep breaths. There's one point where she asks if the window opens in this very tall building, she's like, just, just crack it open just a little bit. And Carly's like, it doesn't open. And for good reason. So, um, and then like they, Carly says, she'll tell her whatever she wants if she just gets up and leaves. Cause she's be making a very big scene. And I thought that that physical comedy was funny. I think it went on a little too long. Um, mm-hmm. and I wonder how much of that was, um, improvised, especially the window stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah it was funny. Yeah. Um, so they go out for drinks the first time together. Carly admits that she did it 50 times with Mark and Leslie Mann's re- like reply to that was just like 50 times you did it. Like I was calculating. So they've been together two months. That's almost once per day Yeah, for two months. And, and they're both Kate's too busy like, for that. <laughs> yeah. She is a lawyer. Lawyers have busy jobs. Yeah. He's an investment, I don't know, something. Yeah. But very busy. Like he's obviously been away from Kate a lot, a lot. to have slept with Carly that yeah. many times. Yeah. Um, and I think Kate asks a fair question. She's like, she says, Don't you have a job or hobbies? I'm like, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, so then Carly ends up telling Kate to do what she wants she says live like the french or get a divorce and so kate does at one point contemplate contemplate staying there's a scene where she's in the market supermarket and she sees all the wives ordering you know shit for their husbands and she decides she doesn't want that for herself she says i'm not french i had a little efpf moment but you know she she decides she can't live like that and then we get to the point where they have like their first kind of girl night at the apartment which is more so like Kate basically stalked Carly to her apartment and at this point I think I'd be like worried for my life because I have a stalker on my hands but she did bring food that is true she was smart enough to know yeah that's how to go get dinner (laughs) anyone ever wants to (laughs) sneak their way into my house just bring food I'll let you right in yeah (laughs) Yeah. If you have a bag of Qdoba in your hands, I'm like, no, if it's Qdoba, (laughs) if it's Qdoba, I call the police, but if it's Chipotle, (laughs) I let you in. (laughs) Wow. Qdoba hater. Mm -hmm. I see how it is. Okay. Um, I really liked, I don't know. I really liked this scene in the apartment. You know, I think Carly feels really sympathetic for Kate because Kate says she has no job she has no money she doesn't know what to do basically Carly's the only person in the entire world who knows what is going on and you know even though Carly says we're not gonna braid each other's hair or drink Cosmos they do and they get very drunk um but I, I don't know I just liked this bonding moment and this is where the um what's the song that I said I liked 
Oh, uh, love is a battlefield. The the rendition of that song plays. Yeah. I think we should introduce Amber. (laughs) We've talked a lot about Kate and Carly, and this is the part where we meet Amber finally, because they're, they find out that there is a third woman. They have a very good old fashioned stakeout. This is where we get the mission impossible theme and Kate in her spy outfit, which I get it's like over the top, whatever, <laughs> but I just watch it just to watch it. Like it's, it's fine. Um, and they also Carly, um, picks up Kate and they follow Mark and this, is, oh, we haven't talked about thunder at all. Oh, thunder. Dane dog. Yeah. I love him. It's a beautiful so pup. Good. Oh my gosh. Gorgeous. Dane. Great Dane. Yeah. Um, great actor too and give that dog props but so they they follow mark to a very private home with a large gate and they find out whoever lives there owns a jetta which is like only only young hot girls drive jettas which i didn't know <laughs> i don't know I, i've only ever driven a 2005 camry so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah i've had a ford focus and a chevy traverse and that's about it so can't relate but this is another like physical comedy moment I don't know if this was scripted but there's like some guys in a work van who come by and Kate pushes Carly into the bushes and then pretends Carly's legs are her own legs which is just like not physically possible no what she is doing with her legs <laughs> just like levitating Especially when she's like holding one up as if she's stretching and then the second one yeah. up, <laughs> like you're floating <laughs> carly's like i'm not gumby uh it was so like yeah that's stupid but at the same time like i can get a little giggle out of it i'm talking about it so then they they go to the beach and they're spying on mark through the the binoculars Carly is in a very, I think, obvious spot where Mark could see her. Yeah, she's like not playing along. She's just like, oh, whatever. No. And she's just laying out. <laughs> yeah. And then until, you know, Kate looks at the binoculars, the unknown woman gets up and Kate's like, oh my God. And then Carly comes over, you know, and Kate's like, you're not going to like it. And then we see Amber. And I just really love the banter, I think, between Carly and Kate in this moment. Um, like Carly is like, she makes me look like I'm wearing a diaper. And I just feel like it's a lot of like relatable conversations. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. So like Kate says, if I play against John McEnroe, who is apparently a tennis player, I expect to lose. And then Carly goes, I am McEnroe. (laughs) And then leaps off of the dunes, goes running after Amber you know, Kate's following close by behind her, tackles her, and then they start this very like physical fighting comedy that draws Amber in to see them. And Mark has like stepped away. He like he walked yeah, away for Mark's, something. Oh yeah, Mark's totally gone at this point. Yeah. Um, um at, yeah, at read- one point, um Kate says something at, well, once they actually start talking somewhere and they're not like wrestling each other. Um she's asked if we can keep her yeah and Carly says no we cannot keep her we already have like, a dog is what she yeah <laughs> there was something else I mean Amber does have some pretty funny lines like there's a part where Kate says you smell amazing what is that and Amber's like I think it's just sweat oh yeah <laughs> Cameron Diaz just just like mouth 
falls open in disgust but yeah I did read like there was so little IMDb trivia not enough IMDb trivia love on this movie but there was one that said Cameron Diaz did actually twist her leg while chasing Kate Upton in this scene so because there's a point and I don't know if it is was captured on camera but there's definitely a point where uh Carly is running and then she starts she definitely oh yeah yeah she's like limping yeah that's right he's like (laughs) so I don't know if that was caught on camera but it says she twists her leg so man that's a commitment that's a method actor right there (laughs) thank the dangers of method acting exactly we try to tell you Uh, we warned you okay so then um the three women are together and Kate makes the decision that she wants Mark to hurt. She wants to be the reason why Mark has to start a new life and be the reason, you know, why she took everything away from him, which fair, I agree. And the three of them decide to put this plan into place to sabotage Mark. And like this stuff that happens after this point is fine. Like you get your montages of you know this cheater chore calendar that they've created or like Kate gives Mark estrogen pills and puts hair remover in his in his soap um Carly puts laxatives in his drink at the restaurant which we that's where we get the poop comedy which I know you could yes I mean I'm not like a fan of poop comedy either (laughs) you're not a poop comedy kind of not a a poop person (laughs) um yeah. And so again, like if I compare it to bridesmaids, there is a classic, um, vomiting poop scene, very graphic. Um, again, not that I like watching that, but it's fucking hilarious and totally works for mm-hmm. me. This was just like, stop trying so hard. Um, and I did not need to see it. It does work to- because he has to oh, yeah. uh, get a new pair of pants. Mm-hmm. And then he goes home and he's in these like tight, super tight, tight red, pants. red pants. So I guess that's like the payoff, um, if anything, but yeah, I could have done without it. I think it's like the only thing that makes me slightly enjoy this scene is that Mark is suffering. And I think it's one of the first times that we he- see him suffer and like not be not, not everything is going his way. So that's the yeah. one like saving grace I think for it the the thing with the bridesmaids scene too not to like talk about a different movie but they are going wedding dress shop wedding dresses shopping whatever and so it's like these very this like this delicate material yes pitted against women shitting and pooping and like um the main I can't remember the actress's name or the character's name but she like has to run out into the street to take a shot oh my like, my Rudolph yeah. yeah 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 like oh that I mean that's just that whole sequence really is just like a a master class uh and how to pull that off <laughs> um but and I think in general so they've you know determined or decided to uh you know basically ruin this guy's life and mm-hmm. make him pay there are so many interesting big ways you could do that and yet we're falling mm-hmm. back on laxatives and <laughs> you know hair remover yeah or whatever it's just it's just you know so easy um I did want to go over a few 
cringeworthy scenes yeah. um, that I feel like we have to note. So when they're trying to figure out how to get revenge and how to fuck with him, um, I've mentioned before that Carly goes to her dad for like legal advice. And so they're, mm-hmm. they meet along with Amber, they meet at this like Asian restaurant bar and where it's all like Asian women giving massages as you eat and feeding you. Yeah. And in fact, they will like, if you try to, you know, get your drink yourself, they slap your hand. Cause like, yeah, they have, they have to feed you. Um, obviously like objectifying and hypersexualizing Asian women, which is something yeah. we see far too often is something we need to be even more cognizant given the past couple of years and hate crimes against Asians. Yeah. Um, and then soon after Amber is with Mark, um, at a bar and she's telling him about her, um, fantasy to have a threesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, she has to like talk him into it. And finally he agrees. And then she's like, all right. And I can't remember the name, but she calls Dana. Dana. Yes. Dana. She calls Dana over and Dana is very obviously a man dressed as a woman with a yeah. very cheap blonde wig, um, you know, bad makeup, all of that. Mm-hmm. So whether they're supposed to be like a drag queen or a trans woman, it's used like to, to humiliate Mark or to like freak yeah. him out and scare him. And it ultimately makes drag queen or, or trans women kind of like the butt of the joke later. Um, not Carly. Kate says that she's given Mark enough hormones for a pre-op transsexual. Um, when Mark shows how like enlarged his nipples have become from, uh, the hormones, he says a couple of very cringy things, including that they're straight out of the Congo. Yeah. So again, I feel like this movie takes a lot of, um, shortcuts to try to be funny. And so Mm. here they're doing it at the expense of black people, Asian people, trans people, and then of course it's even, it's, it's particularly egregious because it's a very white and cis cast. Um, so that was unfortunate to see. And like I said, just made made me cringe. Yeah. All of that could have been cut out for me too. Like I just didn't need, I mean, you can still have Mark's hair fall out and his nipples be swollen as fuck, but not have it be that dialogue you know yeah and I'm like was it just a bunch of white cis people behind the camera in front of the camera in the writing room etc I mean I have to think it it must have been and yeah no one had the sense to say hey hey, yes it seems not like this is an excuse for it but it seems like a very cheap or like mid 2010s kind of thing that these films would do what they would think was funny and it's not um yeah or that they would think yeah they can get away with or yeah you know we excuse a lot in the name of comedy mm-hmm. um and yeah it is it's hard you know like we were saying with Nicki Minaj it's hard to remember like where she was at in her career in 2014 um it's hard for me to remember like where we uh, as a society war in 2014 and what kind of conversations we were having at the time, I think like some of it, like straight out of the Congo and the, um, Asian representation feels like we should have been there at that point. Like we should have known that there's been a lot mm-hmm. more, I think, um, conversation and some progress in terms of how we represent trans people. Um, yeah. 
but I, I think that was much less so in 2014. Um, but yeah, definitely not, not excusable, uh, today. No, doesn't age well. Those no. scenes in particular do right. not. I mean, they're, they weren't okay at the time and they certainly are not okay still now. And I yeah. think after everything we've been through, um, watching those scenes back in particular like I didn't really care for those when I first watched them anyway I was like those don't do anything for me like I don't think this is funny um and I think the whole like conversation between Carly and her dad could have easily have taken place in anywhere else honestly like anywhere. any other restaurant and yeah. Olive Garden where you feed yourself and then you don't have women <laughs> yeah. feeding. I mean come on yeah yeah uh those yeah so I definitely agree definitely those are cringeworthy so we have the point after all of this where um essentially like there's a lot of things that happen that lead up to a fight between Kate and Carly and Amber so they've all been essentially avoiding his advances through and so at this point, they say his sex drive is through the roof. And the only thing that can solve it is one of them has to have sex with him, which is just a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, and, and so to decide, they rock, paper, scissors to see who is going to have to have <laughs> sex with Mark. And Amber wins. And so Kate says she's okay with it, but it's obvious she's obviously upset about it. She dresses in her old wedding dress and then watches their wedding video on playback. Um, eventually, Mark and Kate go out to some work function and they're like staying overnight at a hotel and they start reminiscing about their old life together. And so then Mark tells Kate he's exactly where he wants to be, which we know he's lying. He's a big fat fatty liar, but Kate kind of falls for it. And they do. Oh, my dog just barf, like acted like it was going to barf. Yes. Winston, that is the correct response to that scene. <laughs> Winston just gets it. Um, anyway, so then Kate goes over to Carly, Carly's apartment. Amber's there and um, Amber tells tells Kate that she couldn't follow through with having sex with Mark. Instead, she told him that she had chlamydia <laughs> and that he needs to go on a Z-pack, which does come up later. But uh, mm -hmm. Kate is obviously feeling a little bit guilty about everything that they are doing. She wants to stop. And so this kind of leads them all to, well, it's mainly a fight between um, Kate and Carly. And Amber is kind of the middle person there, but Kate is kind of done with it all. And she says she was dumb to trust Carly over her husband. And then Carly proceeds to text Mark to see if he wants to hang out. And it's just, it's more so of a way to prove that, you know, Mark hasn't changed, which only drives Kate away further. Yeah. What did you, um, what did you think? of that did you think that was cruel or did you think that was um a service to her friend I get it from Carly's perspective that of what she is trying to do I just don't know if that's like how she should have handled that moment and this as much as like 
this movie's funny and all of that. It's obviously very though hard for Kate to like accept the fact that this is her husband and this is mm-hmm. what he has been doing because there's been multiple times where she's almost like forgiven him even though he has never once like admitted anything she was still like almost ready to forgive him um except for different you know moments that like pulled her back into what a complete asshole he was so I think Carly's trying to again like give her tough love in those moments but you know I don't think I don't know if she necessarily like goes about it the right way because it's it's not necessarily being understanding of Kate's side yeah and like she's admitted before like she can be harsh um Mm -hmm. you know with how she handles those things but I think I mean I think it it was it was brutal but it was I think it was smart it would probably been more out of her character though to like not go that route too right so there's a there's a part where Mark pretends to have a cold and wants Kate to take a Z-Pack. So that's kind of a callback to Amber telling, pretending that she had chlamydia. Um, and he tells Kate to take a Z-Pack so she won't get sick. But we and Kate know it's because he thinks he gave her chlamydia. And I didn't really realize this until I was taking my notes. But so, okay, Mark was supposed to be with Amber and then he came home instead. And that, that was the night where Kate was dressed up in the wedding dress. That's when he found out mm-hmm. Amber had chlamydia. Mm-hmm. That same night, they he slept with Kate. So he must have known he had chlamydia and or, still or, slept yeah. with Kate. He knew that he either had it or, or could have had or it. Could have had it. Yeah. And still slept with Kate. <sighs> Fucking Mark. <laughs> He was like, I don't care. I have to have sex. I'll pass this along. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I would that. Yeah. I was like, I have watched this movie so many times and I've never once realized that. Cause I thought he slept with Kate and then he was like, Oh fuck. Found out later that, you know, Amber had chlamydia and then that's why he gave her the Z pack, but it happened before he slept with Kate. Yeah. I mean, it's a miracle that he was even kind enough to give her the z-pack at all like it's just, it's just surprising that he because well, then she would much. be like how do i have chlamydia and then that's she'd true be like, okay that's true yeah do you yeah have chlamydia it, where did you get chlamydia that's true it was just to cover his own ass yeah yeah and so then kate realizes at this moment that mark's never going to change carly and kate end up making making up and kate suggests that they follow mark to the Bahamas because during this conversation between Kate and Mark that's you can kind of hear him muffled in the background but he mentions going to the Bahamas and they remember they need to track down a bank offshore filings in the Bahamas so uh Carly though says she doesn't want to be involved at first and Kate kind of reluctantly understands which I feel like Kate um handle like was very understanding in that situation of Carly not wanting to be involved in the whole like scheme anymore more so than Carly was understanding of Kate wavering, I guess. Right. But you know what? Carly can't leave her sister down. And I think Kate brought over some paperwork. Carly sees it's like $700 
a $700 transaction and that's what like catches her attention. So she decides with Amber to go down to the Bahamas and surprise Kate with a girl's trip. And I just, I want to go to the Bahamas so bad. Let's do it. We should. We don't have to, we don't have to wait for some man to wrong us. Let's just go. (laughs) (laughs) We just have a nice, fun girls trip resort. I'd be down. It doesn't have to even be Bahamas. It could be anywhere. Yeah, but Bahamas, especially, especially at this point, I will go anywhere. Like, yeah. Send me anywhere. Yeah, get me out of my house and preferably yeah. into warmer weather. Oh, please. So they end up uh, going to the resort that Mark is staying at. He's with yet another woman. And I love how Kate says, every time I look through a pair of binoculars, he's with another woman, um, which is a callback to them meeting Amber. But then they end up tracking him down. You know, they find out where he banks. They end up going dancing for the night. And then, um, oh, also in this scene, this is when Carly finds out that Amber is seeing her dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but she never directly says it. No, she she takes a selfie and Carly says, who are you sending that selfie to? And she said, I just met this person. It's crazy, but we just have that twinkle, you know? And before that, her dad had said that line uh, to Carly when they were at the restaurant. He said, we just didn't, it was about another person he was with. And he said, we just didn't have that twinkle. So she put, and also, to, yeah. And so also to Carly kind of gives her blessing without mm-hmm. saying it, you know? Right. By not freaking out. She gives yeah. her, her blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she, Carly handled that pretty well. Yeah, totally. For that situation. But then the next morning, Carly notices Kate has gone outside. Kate is walking on the beach. There's this on the place. It's called, I think you're going to make it. Um, it's kind of like this point in time where Kate's staring at her wedding ring and she ends up chucking it into the ocean which is a callback to when Carly told Kate that one day that ring would just be something that she wears it's not going to have any sentimentality to it anymore so this was kind of like the last thing for Kate to let go of and empower her to move on with her life and then Carly and Amber end up joining her on the beach and they all join arms and (laughs) just it was really nice okay it's very I don't know it's not like my favorite scene or anything yeah um but I thought it was nice it was it was a good scene to see yeah (laughs) (laughs) they are all just cheesy (laughs) is women being there for women whatever we are not locking arms on the beach. Okay, actually, no, we can totally do that. <laughs> we are 100% locking arms on the beach. Um, okay, the end, the which end. is my favorite part mm. of this whole movie. The best, absolute amazing part. Because we've at this, like the whole entire movie, we have been waiting for Mark to get his due. And we have been waiting for them to confront Mark. And finally we get it. And it's amazing. So we end up, they go back to New York city. 
whatever new york new york by frank sinatra is playing in the background if you hate it whatever i thought it was appropriate be that as it may mark goes to carly's law firm he's having a great day things are going his way and then he walks into the conference room and he sees the three of them together and then the music stop it's deadpans and it is spectacular and what unfolds next in this like I don't know it was a five minute scene it's amazing so Mark just basically goes this is awkward and it's just like yep pretty much um so Kate asks for a divorce and he stupid he tries to tell her like he needs help and Kate says that you know when it's not when it's that many women it's not a mistake it's pathological and she tries to get him to admit how many affairs he's had and he says what do you want me to say I get more ass than the toilet seat I'm insecure I have issues and I was just like like you just roll your eyes at that point <laughs> like the worst thing to say I get right. more ass in the toilet seat what the fuck no. man and then to say I'm insecure and I have issues like don't play the blame game sir or the victim um, game but also like yeah no shit you definitely yeah. do well yeah you, <laughs> you definitely, definitely have, have issues. issues yeah um I love how Carly goes you're a real piece of shit and they all go yeah <laughs> yeah um at that point but they also and then they talk about dividing the assets splitting everything 50 50 but they had to re significantly reduce his share. And that's when they revealed that they know about the money he stole from service circuit. And Kate admits like, apparently I'm the CEO. I'm the CEO of a lot of uh, companies, but sadly I had to empty those accounts. So now Mark is broke. So not only did they ambush him about the cheating, but they ambush him about knowing about his shady transactions. They bring Nick in who is his investor. Um, to prove, you know, that they aren't messing around. And so Mark gets fired. But the only reason he's not, which I still think he should go to jail, but the only reason he's not is because Kate gave all the money back. So, which is like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> she, I know it's a process called restitution. And I looked at, I just Googled that really quickly. And I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. But <laughs> yeah, well, I hope, I mean, Nick gives her a job or she ends up pitching ideas and stuff anyway. So at least she gets yeah. that out of it. But I feel like Nick, out of the kindness of his heart, should have just given her like a cut of that money. Well, that she I gave think, back. I think, well, now I don't know. I feel like, so they split it half, but Mark's half had to cover all of the money that he stole. So he didn't get anything but mm -hmm. she did. Yeah, I'd, have to, I'd have to rewatch it because I thought they yeah. gave everything um, back. She said, we split everything 50-50, although we had to re significantly reduce your share and that's when it has zero account okay. balance. And so I think, I don't know how much it was, but it, it just seemed to me like she got something and he got nothing, which is how it should be. Yeah, like I hope so. And then I do want to say like, Nikolai uh, Coster Waldo. I mean, he's not the most amazing acting performance in this movie, but I feel like he was pretty incredible in this scene. Yeah, it, not for me. And I okay, 
it isn't necessarily a reflection of his acting ability. It might be more a reflection of the directing and the the writing because it's just so over the top. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely, I get that. I think the thing for me is that we've seen Mark be this very like, has this swagger, thinks he's on top of the world. He's so perfect, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, Mark starts going off the deep end and he's just like losing his composure. He keeps screaming, that's my money. It just is like totally switches gears. Yeah, well then maybe it is a performance thing because as you were talking, I was imagining Leslie Mann playing that part and how Mm. good she would play the whole, the big like freak out. Um, So maybe it just wasn't like, um, I don't know, believable or whatever, um, watching him in that fit of rage. I think it's just satisfying to me to like, and that's what it's supposed to be. It's you're supposed to be satisfied that shit is going down for him. Mm -hmm. So he ends up trying to walk out of the conference room and he breaks his nose on the door because he forgot he was in the class conference room. Um, it was such it was such a oh yeah (laughs) it was so abrupt yeah (laughs) yeah oof um so he realizes his bank account is closed he throws a complete tantrum and then as he is storming out he crashes his whole ass body into the other glass conference room glass comes shattering down he falls to the floor and I just remember uh, like watching this scene and audibly gasping when that happened and also I, laughing a little bit. I, yeah, I definitely gasped. And then I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> now I, I need to know if, cause I've worked in maybe just one place, uh, film production, film production company in New York that was like all glass walls and glass doors um, around the offices and conference rooms. Um, I hope they're not that fragile. My God, that's dangerous. (laughs) For real. Um, I do have a funny story that just made me think of this, but I had to let my dog out the other day, my little dog, Winston, and they were downstairs and they don't typically go in and out that back door, but he came up to the door and I was about to, you know, it's a sliding glass door. So I was about to let him in. And I don't know if he forgot that there was glass or if he anticipated that the door would be open by the time he started walking up to it but he like lunged and hit his head on the glass door and I was like I was like I feel so bad I'm so sorry but I could not help but laugh like I was like (laughs) and he just more Winston shook it off and he you know was like pretend this never happened maybe that's why he's puking Claire he has a concussion (laughs) oh shit no he just does that to get attention (laughs) um anyway I just then there's like I don't know his suit is tattered mark mark's suit not Winston's. mark's suit is tattered blood's running down his face he's very like hurrum hurrum and then he just (laughs) composes himself (laughs) what did you say he's what (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) i mean it's accurate Um, though (laughs) you know because he does that he does like a little grr 
exactly <laughs> um and then he kind of like takes it in for a minute and he goes excuse me and he just walks out like nothing happened and I just like it's Jeff's kiss I the whole like scene of him crashing into the conference room like I think it's probably for shock value but I just find it great I love it so much I think the best part is when he walks outside and Carly's dad is there don't know why he's there but he's there and he just punches him square yeah. in the face. That to me was the most satisfying part. Was that? Yeah, much? that's definitely like little cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake. That is this whole scene. Um, but he also gets his car towed. That was yes. the other thing. Yeah. And then he gets punched in the face by his dad. But yeah, just I could watch. I think there's, I'm, I'm sure there's a gif, but I could watch that gif of him crashing into the conference glass walls over and over again and be yeah. delighted <laughs> sorry I don't know what happened my eyes just started watering like crazy did we laugh too hard too much yeah my eyes <laughs> couldn't take it I was like did I chop jalapenos like um okay then I mean that's pretty much the end of the movie they do like these brief summaries of where everyone oh, yeah. is at in their lives which is very like of the 2010s era so very, yeah you know, we see Kate developing several multi-million dollar ideas. Carly and Phil are expecting, um, which we didn't really talk about Carly and Phil, but it wasn't, you know, yeah. as much of a thing. Not at all. Yeah. He was just kind of thrown in there. Yeah. The one thing that I did like about them together is that I liked that they didn't have to be married to have a kid. Because Carly was very obvious, like they said, they fell in love. Now they're expecting, and like Kate, or not Kate, Carly, very obviously, like puts her hand, her left, it's her left hand around Mark's, or not Mark, well, too many names at this point, around Phil's shoulder, and like her fingers are like displayed, and there's no ring. So I feel mm -hmm. like they were like, I like that that they didn't have to be, you know, married to have a kid. Yeah. And then Amber and Carly's dad also got married and, or not, didn't also, they got married and follow the summer around the globe, which I was very jealous. I wish that were something I could do. Yeah. You just have to find yourself a Don Johnson. <laughs> He's I out suppose. there somewhere. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. And that's, that's it. it. That was the other woman. Yes. So that was something. It sure was. <laughs> it was um, a movie. No, <laughs> I watched it. That happened. <laughs> yes, it is a movie I watched. Okay, we'll go to our why the flick moments yes. before we get to our ratings, which I am just really <laughs> excited to hear what you have to rate this movie as. But um, the first why the flick I have is back to oh. That was the brain camp thing, which I didn't oh. mention in the last scene. He goes, my wife's not some something, something. He goes, she needs freaking brain camp. Do you remember that part? He's like, that's when he's oh, like, it's right before okay. he breaks his nose. And he's like, he's like, my wife's not some mastermind. She needs freaking brain camp. And that's because she said that she needed brain camp in the beginning which is my first, why it's my first, why the flick, why the flick isn't brain camp a thing. <laughs> I should have that for people. 
Um, I think brain camp is like doing puzzles, mm-hmm. like like mind puzzle, like uh, lumos- luminosity or something. Yeah, whatever that is. That's apps. That's your brain I mean, camp. Oh, also, um, school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those years we spent. Oh yeah. Except like half of what you learn in school is uh you either forget or it's useless yeah 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 to my math teacher was like you won't have a calculator Mm. yeah Yeah. my (laughs) smartphone says otherwise no shit anyway um okay why the flick didn't kate just leave him i understand we wouldn't have a movie although actually we could because we could have like a bam bus version of this movie where they all the women become friends and go on another adventure but it, it's just a lot of effort to um, bring down a douchebag. I don't know. I just, I think the healthier thing for everyone would have been for Kate to move on. Sure, it could have been the healthier thing, but <laughs> <laughs> would, it been as, as, would it have been as entertaining? Maybe not. Also, like Kate says that she doesn't have a job. She has no money. It's likely that Mark would have gotten everything. And then Kate still wouldn't have known about all of the shady business deals that he'd been doing and she could have gone to jail. So yeah, in a way, like it probably was better, worked out better that, you know, she met Carly and, and Carly is a lawyer. So she was able to, to help her out. True. Okay, I want to know, back to Thunder, who was Hmm. incredible in this movie, but why the flick can't my dog bring me a drink? Why can't I train my dog to bring me a beer? Oh, that's right. Uh, Phil trains. Yeah. In like a matter of a few hours, I'd say. Which I actually think is possible depending on the dog dogs can learn really fast like I feel like I could oh yeah I mean I know it's possible I just want to know why my dogs won't do that for me you kind of put the work in Claire (laughs) (laughs) I know that's that's seems like a lot of effort when I could just get up and get it myself (laughs) true uh okay why the flick didn't Kate pawn the wedding ring sell the wedding ring why the oh. fuck did you just throw that into the ocean okay now it's useless yeah. you could have pawned that bad boy which was i mean hopefully was worth something since he you know i guess i had a lot of money or he had a lot of money uh, but yeah mm. sell that shit get something out of it i guess it wouldn't have had that you know awful scene but- <laughs> <laughs> that moment where she just let's it go and it's yeah. so symbolic I know it's corny okay I I know it's corny but whatever it's also endearing it's also um, financially irresponsible <laughs> whatever I mean also if she split if they split it 50 50 she has like fucking a million dollars I mean yeah so I don't know okay why the flick okay two kind of things there's a lot of physical comedy and I guess you just have to kind of accept that, you know, it's it's not reality. But why the flick did that fall out the window, not kill Carly or yeah. 
break her back and to the same extent i guess too why did mark falling through the glass door not fucking kill him because yeah, i just like, like glass would just be all over him and yeah have so many cuts it's like slicing arteries um <laughs> yeah there aren't uh consequences in this movie no. um, at least not to the physical comedy no yeah it's not rooted in reality <laughs> no <laughs> surprise <laughs> spoiler <laughs> Okay, uh, this is my last why the flick, and it's why the flick wasn't this Kate's story from the very beginning. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it, if it leans one way, it's Kate's story, and she really drives it. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, I just think the performance is better and stronger, and she's really the, I mean, Cameron Diaz knows what she's doing, and she's also um, yeah. uh, great at comedy, but um, I just felt like Leslie Mann's performance was a lot better um and i feel like they gave her more to play with so i i feel like the movie should have started out with leslie mann who is the one or uh, carly nope kate um <laughs> they i swear to god they all sound the same yes and i was like fuck i really have to like hone in on who is who yeah um because it's really like kate's the most impacted right by all of this just mm-hmm. by virtue of being married to him yeah um and although she definitely leans on carly on what to do next i mean carly's essential to the story but it's ultimately kate who has to do or not do all these things and drive all these things Mm -hmm. so i just feel like i know it's really kind of a movie about three women or at least these these two women but i feel like it should have been um kate's story more than anything i think like in the beginning they probably use that as a way to trick us yeah to reveal it yeah to reveal like oh the woman the first woman that we see is not the or is the other woman versus you know then we find out that the wife is is kate um so that's kind of i guess why they did it but then it definitely shifted gears where i felt like it was it got to a point where once um Carly went to the house and found out it was Kate at that point it really felt like it shifted more into Kate's story Mm -hmm. um more so than Carly's definitely not Amber's no sorry Amber (laughs) we love you Kate Upton you were amazing but yeah Carl or uh fuck I can't (laughs) keep track of all these goddamn names (laughs) (sighs) okay so we'll move on to how many flicks do we give um the critics are not nice to this movie. They are a, a lot more forgiving, I think, on IMDb, which rates this movie six out of 10. But on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets, it's very staggering, both rotten, but staggering percentages. Um, it gets 26% from critics, but a 57% from audiences. So that's crazy. 26%. Yeah. I know I looked this up. I didn't remember it being that, um, that low. That's crazy. Yeah. I was kind of, I didn't realize people hated this movie <laughs> when I picked it. <laughs> I was like, oh, isn't that the worst when there's like a good, <laughs> wait, isn't what was... a good movie. What movie did, um, did this I doubt fire? No. I'm trying to oh. think what movie I picked that I was like, I'm willing to acknowledge that this maybe isn't a good oh. movie. La La Land? Oh, no, no, no. Last Christmas. 
last Christmas. Oh, so yeah, I know that, that feeling <laughs> <laughs> when it's like a movie you love, and then and mm-hmm. yeah, you're clueless to like the fact that it's a quote unquote bad movie <laughs> that people don't yeah. like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I get it. I get it. Should you go first so we can end on a high note? <laughs> if you if you want me to, because. I'm alone. I'm alone note. That's for sure. Okay. So, uh, for all the reasons I've talked about, uh, you have great isolated comedic moments. And obviously you have the likes of Leslie Mann and Cameron Diaz who are, uh, masters at what they, what they do, but, um, whether it's the writing or the directing or both, I think ultimately this movie just fails to be a good solid comedy um mm-hmm. like I've said I don't think it really knew what it was or just try to um be a little bit of everything hoping that it would kind of work and make people laugh um and I think by doing that it just kind of um convoluted it and it just it didn't work um for me are you ready Claire <laughs> <laughs> I'm bracing myself <laughs> I give this 1.5 out of five flicks. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I had started at a, at a two at some point and I, I don't know. I think I just read something else and I was like, God damn it. It's a 1.5. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Not, Ooh. not, not my favorite. I think that's our, that's definitely our lowest rating yet. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Claire, I get it. we all have our guilty pleasures. Yeah. So <laughs> my five out of five. Rating, no, but no, it's not <laughs> Jurassic Park level or Mrs. Doubtfire level. Damn. Okay. I'm going to stick to what I originally yes, thought yes. and go with it. I give this a 4.1 out of five. I think <laughs> I'm, just, I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. I could not control myself. Which, we could almost flip our because you said what 1.5 and I say yeah. 4.1 so we could almost flip and it'd be like the opposite number but um <laughs> or add them together uh, <laughs> it's almost or, a aver- or we or could average them uh, out yeah. yeah what if what's the average of, of oh. uh, 1.5 and 4.1 hey. you, you do that while I explain yeah my, fuck your math teacher reasoning. I'm gonna use a calculator yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I give it a 4.1 because like I said guilty pleasure I could watch this every single damn time that it's on TV. I just really, I don't know. I just like it a lot. And I, I totally see that it's silly. It's stupid. It's <laughs> problematic at the very, like very most. Um, there's a lot of things wrong with this movie, but I really like Cameron Diaz and Leslie Mann's uh, characters in this movie and how they interact and the performances that both actors gave to this movie I also really like that it just feels like a movie you can watch with your girlfriends and just laugh and enjoy and maybe I'm giving it more credit than it deserves but that was my takeaway from it and also the ending the ending itself like honestly gets the most points for me just because of how satisfying everything is once Mark's life totally comes crashing down and because he sucks but that's what I give it and I I will say I think this would be a better and funnier 
movie watching it with people and watching it with your friends yeah as opposed yeah, to for sure on your own so if you haven't watched it buddy up and watch it would be my so advice. what I'm hearing is that when you come over next when you come visit ah! me next time we're <laughs> gonna watch this movie together we might have to take five shots before we start it but yes ma'am so did you f- see what the average was yeah 2.8 okay you know We'll round that up to a three and call it a day. <laughs> sure, you know what, Claire? It's your episode. Yes, we'll we'll do that. Uh, All right. Well, well, thanks, Claire, because that was it was yeah. fun. You know, did, yeah. That's the thing. Did did you have fun? Did I, I not torture you too much with this movie? No. Well, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but but it's fun talking about these things with you. There you go. All right, so should I reveal my next pick? Please do. (laughs) I was doing a lot with my hands. Okay, Mm -hmm. so my next pick is Wajda, uh, directed by Haifa Al-Mansur. She is a a Saudi director. Um, This is believed to be the first film directed by a Saudi woman, and it is the first Saudi film to ever be entered for Oscars consideration. So um, definitely historic and notable. And I've only seen it once. Um, I loved it and I'm excited to revisit it and tell you all some fun behind the scenes stuff because this was the first Saudi woman to direct a feature film. Um, They had to do some workarounds. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about Mm -hmm. that. In the meantime, if you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure you follow us on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, give us a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And of course, follow us on social media at Why the Flick on Instagram, Twitter. I almost said LinkedIn. We're not there. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my, this is not work. Uh, and TikTok. <laughs> and join the conversation. We want to hear what you think. And we'll see you next time. Bye.